Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Should referees have to give interviews after making controversial decisions to explain themselves? Should match-going fans get their money back if their team gets walloped 9-0? And is Mike Dean a gallant anti-hero strutting his way about the Premier League, righting the wrongs of VAR in a display of swashbuckling martyrdom? Stay tuned to find out. I'm your host, Harry Brent. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Um, inspired by the fantastical um, 9-0 victory Man United had over Southampton. I know fans weren't there because of coronavirus. Um, but if they were, do you think that um, Southampton should, or any club for that matter, who loses by that sort of margin, should they offer their fans refunds for the tickets? Um, I mean, Ooh, good question. It's very. I think if it was the first team with with most of the players that aren't injured, then yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But the fact that they've got a few injuries, Southampton. But how do you, okay? But how do you define? Where's the line? Where do you draw the line? Yeah, I don't know. Four injuries. It could be. It could be injuries because obviously, ideally, you pay. You're paying for the first team, aren't you? What to, if What if they were resting? players for a European game in the week or something. Yeah, yeah, that could be a good factor as well. Or a relegation fight, you know, against a team. Mm. Like, was, didn't it, who was it? Didn't Mick McCarthy do that for Wolves once? I think he, he like, did. He, he sort of, he rested um, somebody, I think it, uh, this was like 2009 or something, he rested all of his players for a game against Man United and they got they got smacked like 6-0 or something. Mm. And then he said, I'm doing it because we've got a fight against the relegation team next week. No, I understand that because you'd rather you'd rather lose one game where you get slapped 9-0 than three games at 3-0s. This is the second yeah. time we've lost 9-0. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you, but, but, but they're, the, they're, the en, they're the envy of, mo- of almost all, all teams outside the top six, though, aren't they? Yeah. At the moment. It's a tough one because it was a youngster that got sent off, wasn't it? Really yeah. Like, yeah, so like Hassan Hootles put his faith in this like young lad, kind of giving him his Premier League debut and within two minutes he's sent off. It's like, would would yeah, distance be a thing as well? The fact it's obviously bottom of the country and then coming up to you know, it's a long journey. If it was literally just down the road at like Bournemouth or something. I, oh, I see. I, for the, they, they, for the they don't do that full, yeah. They don't do the full trip. Like, oh, you mean the fans? Sorry. Yeah, the yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about Southampton's performance. No. Oh, God, no. 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 I was going to say that's a fans. stupid point, bro. I mean, yeah. the fans, like, would that would that be a consideration? Like, oh, if it's down the road. Like, yeah, I mean, mean they've wasted what? Off. They've wasted one of their weekend days away from work, spent all the money, travelled all that way to watch their team get spanked 9-0. But I mean... But then, My in that case, in that case, then what you know, if 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 that was like, all right, yeah, then ta- distance is a thing. Then would would you conclude? Would you include Champions League then? So any fans that go mm. over abroad, and then oh, you've just been slapped by Real Madrid ten nil. Oh, sorry, fans, is is some money, or do you go actually? Well, it's the Champions League. What do you expect? Mm. I mean, I remember in. Um... When it was Arsenal Chelsea in the um, Europa League final, and obviously we got thrashed 4 0, and so many fans were saying that they need to give us our money back because it was absolutely, it was 4 1, it was mm. absolutely atrocious. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, How could you forget? Control, yeah. 
So I think in a weird way, I think I would to answer your question as I would say no, that they shouldn't sort of if fans were there and they've obviously made that long journey and mm. that was the game and they lost 9-0, I would say they shouldn't because in a weird way, I think that youngster getting sent off in a weird way sort of saves face a bit and like what and Ash was saying that he's a young Hassan Hootles put his faith in a young player the adrenaline or the moment or the occasion's gotten to him and he's gotten sent off and obviously everything from that point went downhill because maybe they would have lost 9-0 doubt it with him being sent off but in a way I'd say no because okay with with the that specific game, I guess there's an excuse for losing 9-0. But I get my question is general is more general. Like if, oh, if no, you're in no, a you can't, you can't. If the team gets thrashed, 9-0 should their fans be. Yeah. No. I mean obviously as you say, that there's sort of you know, you think, well, yeah, there was a sending off after two minutes and, and things can happen. But but we've seen games like that before, and we've also seen teams refund their fans who've gone. It's a bit more difficult at a home game, but it, you know, they've certainly done it for a way. Games, but yeah, that that was that was really the, what. what no, I, I don't think so because at the end of the day, you you pay you pay your ticket to watch your team. There's no guarantee that your team's going to win. You could draw, you could lose. If 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 you're under the pretense that your team is going to win every match, and then the one time that they don't, or if or the very few times that they don't, and they get slapped mm. by a big scoreline, then I'm sorry, but that's. That's not what football's about. Football's always on a like there's always an opportunity where you, you could lose no matter what. Like I mean example, City lost to Norwich, lost to Blooming Newcastle when most people would say that's a guaranteed win for them. Mm. I mean you that's, a, that's essentially my argument. I, I I for the record, my stance on this is absolutely not. I think I think the, the point, I knew what your stance would be. The point, <laughs> the point so the, the it, so what if you refund the fact? Okay, the only the only time I think it's acceptable is if there's some sort of evidence that the players haven't tried, mm. or there's been some sort of corruption that makes that game you know not legitimate. But the whole notion of being a supporter is that you're you're there to support your team. You're not there. You're not paying to watch your team win. You're paying no. to watch your team. If they yeah. lose and get a hiding, even if they shouldn't, even if you feel like they've underperformed, demanding money because you haven't got the de- de- desired result is not being a football fan. That's being a glory supporter, in my opinion. Uh, and mm. I just think that if you expect, if you go to a game, I understand when it's like if you're a Plymouth Argyle fan and you go up to Newcastle away or something, and you lose and they get whacked nine 0 It's an emotional like, bet. It's an emotional bet, isn't it? Tough, but. I think it's the nature of supporting. If you're not prepared to watch your team get whacked every now and then, then then you shouldn't be a fan. Yeah, like it's it's an emotional bet. Yeah. I think it's really counterproductive uh, of the fans to uh, ask for the money. But I, obviously, I, yeah. I stand on the I, I stand my, my opinion on this would be the uh, the club has you know there's 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 nothing to say that they have to give this money back. They've earned that money. Like, you know, the money has been paid to them. If they give it back, if they want to give it back, that's up to them. Uh, maybe it's a sign of good faith. Maybe they're trying to keep their supporters on side. But I mean, it, it, it's very counterproductive, especially in a team like Southampton who aren't in Europe. They're not getting money from there. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic, so everyone's a bit short for money, but they're like, oh, yeah, one of their main incomes would be from, you know, ticket revenues. Yeah. And you're like, actually, yeah, instead of you, you've just been smashed 9-0, but instead of you keeping this money to maybe improve, improve and yourself. to put this somewhere, uh, no, we want it back. 
it's just so counterproductive. It's like we yeah. want you to do well. Give us the money. Like, yeah, and, and, and like, <laughs> you know, it's, in, it's stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a dangerous precedent to set because then, then what? Because then if you lose three nil on like a, a windy yeah, Saturday, exactly. then, but the yeah, fans well, have travelled five hundred miles, and now they get one, their money back. Or, or like as when you United, guys, sorry, Sheffield United. Yeah, so I was just going to say, like, yeah, like it just leads down a slippery slope of yeah. like when United lost to Sheffield United, would they be wanting them back for then? Losing two one to a team that should. It's yeah, it's yeah. I don't think so. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, as as you said before, like with the um, uh, the excuse of an early red card in that Man United game, you know that that was almost enough in some you know in our minds to kind of go, well, okay, nine nil was embarrassing, but it's contextually understandable in some way. And as you said, I don't think there's a. uh, But I agree with you, Ash, that if the club wants to do it, I don't I don't have any problem with the with the gesture itself. Yeah, my, my issue comes with the fans demanding it. The fans, like, yeah. Want, like, yeah. It's not a million miles away. But, like, supporting your club is not the same as, like, a father going to support his child at a football match. <laughs> but it's not a million miles away from the same sort of... You're, you're, not, you're not at the child's game. Okay, you, you want them to win, obviously. You want them to progress. You want to see them doing well. But if they don't, you don't... As long as you think your child has tried, you're not going to be like, well, you owe me. You owe me, mate. I could have had a Saturday on on the sofa and you've lost. I mean, I'm sure some parents are like, you don't go to the the job on today. That's 120 quid you owe me, son. You don't don't go to the kid right next week. You're you're getting a lift off that guy over there. I'm not saying that. Pay me the petrol money you owe me. Yeah. Right. So, obviously, in light of uh, the red card given by Mike Dean on. Sochek? Yeah, Suchek. Suchek, Suchek. Um, It's got me a little riled up how he's, how he's received a lot of uh, death threats, especially, um, well, I just think he's not much of a bad referee in my eyes. So I've got a bit of a rant. So prepare your ears. Okay. So I know there's not a lot of faith that people have in Mike Dean with it being fans, the players, or the managers. A lot of people like to say, oh, it's just the Mike Dean show, which, again, it's a bit of a fair assumption. Um, but, however, if you imagined sports without a referee that didn't take take charge or have control in the game, like, say, boxing, rugby, tennis, or any kind of, like, even cricket, then them sports would be rendered useless. They'd be dangerous. What do you and mean by take charge? So, because people say that he, people say that, oh, it's the Mike Dean show. As in, because he's sort of, because he's, a, he's a personality. And he's, he, well, yeah, a little bit of personality, but also he imposes a lot of cards or he, okay. he, he, makes he, it, go, yeah, goes so he, he gets accused of making it about himself by don't, by, don't yeah. out a load of, a load of cards or bid. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So, Imagine if, like, and my and my point is, like, if you imagined these like referees and umpires in other games without the control or without taking con- uh, charge, then you know some of these sports could get dangerous, can get quite nasty. So, of course, it, it can be annoying, it can be frustrating when something happens, like uh, the West Ham game. So maybe instead of questioning his decisions, maybe question why he's doing these decisions in in light of the the rules that are in place. So maybe he's doing these decisions to show where these rules are wrong 
And instead of being annoyed at him making the decisions, we should be annoyed at the rules. So in, in the context of the Suchek, so that obviously the, the, the Suchek sending off was he accidentally raised a, mm. an elbow that struck yeah. someone that in the struck, face. Yeah, yeah, that struck and him then, in the face. And then it got looked at and then he, and then everyone saw it was accidental and thought yeah. the AR was going to correct it, but then he, en- he ended up sending him off for it. Yeah. That's since been rescinded. But So you're yeah. suggesting that he may have done that to say, look, in my head, I know this is accidental, but to the letter of the law, yep. I have to send him off, and therefore, yeah. I've deemed the, the begrudging too. hero. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, this like I've had a long think about it, and you, I think a lot of the time, you think he made a mistake. <laughs> you, you, no, you'd rather everyone, see everyone's him entitled. as like an everyone's an anti-hero <laughs> than just who's wrong. Look, everyone's he's getting all these death threats, but he's like, he welcomes them. He's like, he's not, he's not, he's the, not the hero we want. He's, he's not the, the hero we deserve. But he's the hero, <laughs> he's the hero we need. Right <laughs> yeah. But I'm, all, I'm, all I'm saying is that there's been not <laughs> just that one occasion. Mike being hero. There's not, hero, there's not, there's not been that one occasion with the West Ham one. There's been many occasions, especially with Mike Dean, where people look at him and go, he's got the decision wrong, or he's, you know, he's. he's Maybe it's just not that good of a referee maybe not but i i just i thought maybe he's doing it in in light of highlighting or trying to highlight where these rules need addressing no, and need i mean need I, re, I know re, re, looking, on the on the var screen i believe they're looking for a uh, a clenched fist with the elbow that's what var says that's what VAR I, I, says. I don't know what that has Apparently. to do with like elbowing some bugger in face but i mean i imagine if you've got your fist clenched it's mm. some form of aggression. I don't know, but you but never know. That's I, that's the only reason. I do not believe that's a red card. He's made a mistake. No, it's not. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a, a I, don't think, I, think, I think thinking too deep into this is it's a mistake. Yes, it is sure. a mistake. But maybe but he's done that. He's done that intentionally by the letter of the law to highlight where these rules need readdressing. And the need and, amending, and maybe you put a bet on Mike Dean to a red card, but that's, that's, that's I mean, I wish I did. But... Bro, his job is to follow the letter of the law, so by he is, following, he is following the letter of the law, but that's what I mean. So, by following I, the concept of that, is I struggle, I'm struggling with just because his job tells him to follow. The, so, yeah, how could. He's following How can the letter you distinguish of the law. the difference between doing his job and trying to make a point because they're by doing both things are the same, are doing the same thing. So he's making a point by sticking with the letter of the law. Yeah, but that's his job. Yeah, and that is his job. So he's making a point yeah. by doing his job. Exactly. He's making a point by doing his job where <laughs> other referees where other referees wouldn't where other referees job, might go, actually no, this. that's 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 not a red right decision. And <laughs> you know what, can't can't you argue that that's him trying to take centre stage again if that is your point, bro? Potentially, yeah. I was, um, but at the same time, I just think, you know, you have got these referees <laughs> that will look at that and go, no, that, to, to hell, to hell with the, the the letter of the law. That's not a red card in my eyes. Which, fair enough, fine. I, I think it would be if, if isn't that what we want? Ways, yeah, I, I would have. Well, thought yeah, if, that that if, is what, what we want. Said. But at the same time, at the same time, if the letter of the law says like, oh, he's raised his he's raised his elbow and made contact with the face, and oh, you know, there's no clear there's no clear um, description surrounding it i suppose regarding that scenario then it's kind of like well you know that's just from what what he's been told that's that's a red card there's i just think that there's a lot of these rules that 
that need sorting out, the need ironing out, the need kind of redefining. If he was to go again, if he was to say, look, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, I'm Mike Dean. I want the attention to be on me. If that's the, if that's the concept that we're wrangling with here, and he, and as you're arguing, he's doing it to be a force for good. Surely, the decision he would make in that scenario is not to follow the letter of the law. It would be to go against the letter yeah, of the I law. Yeah, I understand say, that. I'm not sending him off. But in reality, that. he did send him off, which either means, well, look, I know you're not saying this is an absolute science or no, a, a, no, an absolute. This theory, is just an idea no, that came to me. It was a shower thought. <laughs> and I thought it's it's an interesting counterintuitive thought, really. Because if you think about it, there's more people like us now. We're talking about this red card and we're talking about, well, you know, why you know the letter of the law, this, that, the other. There's more people talking about it now because Mike Dean's kind of sacrificed himself. <laughs> but they're not they're talking no, about the incompetence of Mike Dean, not the incompetence of the law. Well maybe well maybe was... it's tactical genius by I, by by Mike Dean. Am I the only one the that, that was surprised at this? I, I didn't see the game live and I heard about the 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 you know all this oh my god a huge red card what it's un- unbelievable and I kept re- I, I read everything about it before I'd seen it. Yep. And then when I saw it I was like that's not I didn't, I mean, of course it was accidental, but I wasn't immediately like, that's the most obvious accidental elbow to the, it was still an elbow to the face in close proximity. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it was like, obviously the de- de- receiving deference is stupid in any sense, even if he did sent him off purposefully. But, but what I mean is like, I, I was surprised that there was this big uproar about it. There's been bigger mistakes. Certainly with VAR, there's been more frustrating mistakes. Bednarek, WWE. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're more exactly. so than, like, it, regardless of more whether it's salad accidental or not, it, it's still an elbow to the face. There's, a, exactly. there's, a, there's an argument to say, it sh- I mean, I, I think it was a mistake to send him off, but there's an argument. It was, it was, but I just, I, I just thought maybe, maybe maybe he's done it to highlight where the, the rules are flaw, rather than being a, a <coughs> hero there and, and saying, nah, he's not, he's mm. probably going to, nah, letter of the law says this, you're off. You're off. You're out. You're off. You're out. But you know, regardless of that, I just think it's utterly disgraceful that people have actually sent in death threats. Like, I understand how football means so much to people. Like, but it's when it's social media, isn't it? It's so easy. And yeah, to social media people. or whatever. But you regardless, can do it being anonymous, it's too yeah. Easy but regardless, but like when you send death threats over over football, or even even if you're joking, like you just need to have a break from football and just have a realize that the world doesn't spin round around football i i honestly think if, if you had a without going on to this separate issue because it will probably be something we can talk about for a while but um i do think that if if you if you just cut out this it's no one no, not i i don't believe for a second i 99 of the people who send him death threats on twitter or whatever it was would not send him a death threat in, to his face no of and, course not and i just think if you if you were to re, re, um, relinquish this anonymity that social media gives you, which gives you no, ram, um, you know, no re- retrospective action for any of your, what anything you do. You can just say whatever you want and not get and just get away with it. Of course, it harbors this behavior. S- this behavior that, that means yeah. you can just be it's racist. Free pass. And, and, Haven't and the FA tried to now put pressure on the social media platforms? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, and that's that's a really good thing. Yeah, honest. it is moving forward but it's just annoying how it's you know it's come at many people's expense Uh, there's always soldiers in a war Rob 
Yeah, and, Mike, and Mike D. And there's one hero. There's only one hero. Oh, lads, over the trench. <laughs> um, over the top. Red card, red card, red card, red card. You've, you've always had a soft spot for Mike D. I, I have. I have had a day, soft like, spot. I have. Like, as much as he is. A, you were yeah. sending me compilations of him yeah, doing funny Yeah, yeah. You 100% don't believe it. You're, you're, it's an interesting point, but deep down you don't believe it. Can we just put this on record that you don't believe? Believe on what? Believe that he's tried to be this... Messiah, experienced protagonist, and like taking up the brunt of all the criticism to make this point of how bad the lore is. You surely don't believe that. I mean, I don't believe it to a certain extent. Particularly, particularly <laughs> when if when if I just true, it just came to my head and I thought, if if this comes to lie, if if Mike Dean, if you're listening, and if you, if this is actually true, oh wow. I've, I've sussed you out. He's diverting attention away from the problem onto himself. So that's not helping the problem at all. He's oh, so he's doing Mar- not an issue. I'm just an idiot. He's doing a Mourinho then. Doing a Mourinho. He, classic Mourinho diverts the attention onto himself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just thought it was a good, a good little idea. And I thought I, pre- I presented it, presented it in a, in a, in a fashion in which I think, it got you thinking. I think it's just another example. I think of just how VAR in football doesn't work generally so maybe he did that because it doesn't work because he knows he needed to find a way to get this message to the masses yeah. he, he just wants uh, the occasional Saturday off and he knows that if he just wants to go back there, to there's, there's always that chance that it'll be all he's, studio, all he's right? got to do if he wants a, sat- a Saturday off every now and then is, is referee a Southampton game badly and then they'll ask for them to never ref it I just I was forgot oh, that, yeah, that. I don't even that, that, is, that, that, that is an absolute joke any club that happens quite frequently well oh. any club that does oh. that should be ashamed yeah, apparently there, there is a um there's 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 a whole procedure around doing it, and apparently it happens quite a lot. But while while we're on the topic of referee mistakes and obviously controversy and all that lovely stuff, um, what what do you guys think about the thought behind people who say that referees should be asked and interviewed to give the reasons for making their decisions? I think if it, if it, if it's done right, I think yeah. But at the same time. Mm, this, this, I feel like there'd, be, there'd have to be a lot of kind of procedures and things that like the can and can't say in place. Um, just, I just think if if they conducted it in a way in which just highlighted the thoughts process of a referee rather than the reasoning behind it, then then I think that'd be a, a little bit better because then people get on board with oh well he's thought about this and he's thought about that which could have which has led to the decision which like, fair like enough. people are context, asking for is, the context where Mike Dean could say that point so he's saying that like I, I did it because that's what the law told me to so then that shifts the blame off Mike Dean mm. this sacrificial lamb to the... and then the rule book gets death threats and not him <laughs> yeah. and then and people start looking Park at it being like oh maybe we'd be a sacrificial chicken seen as he used to kill chickens in a, an earlier career because the, the law definitely does need to be revised for so many yeah. aspects of football obviously it's how practically you'd be able to and logistically you'd be able to go about it but a lot so of... if, if VAR is here to stay then the rules need to be changed for that yeah. updated you know Updated, yeah. updated for the the implementation of VAR. What, yeah. what do you think, Ash, with the um, referee interview things? Well, it's obviously it's 
as I, I I say quite often, football is a business, and you know it's, it is as cynical as it makes me sound all the time. But I say I, I try to say it in an upbeat way, so it's fine. But I feel like just just because you, as a supporter, have a vested interest in in something, i.e., football, just because you have a vested interest in it, doesn't doesn't make you privy to people's personal like personal and like professional experiences so if if for instance mike dean has made this mistake he does not need to come forward at all to tell you his thought process behind it for instance right so i work for people who don't know at a large large, very large company and if i make a mistake at this very large company there's internal disciplinary procedures i'm not forced to stand up in front of millions of people and explain my thought process and why I made this mistake. It's just, it's not what you do in a professional career. Well, the issue is, is that these referees are consistently making the same and similar mistakes. I get, like, I completely agree, Ash, your point is that they shouldn't have to come out if they know they've made a mistake, but the point is they keep on making mistakes. So how do you, for me, you're not coming out to, to say I've made this mistake because you, you're coming out to say that I, I can't make it again. I'm not going to make it again. For me, that's that would be the point of having something like that, is to make sure that our referees are as closely as possible and close to 100% of the time making the right decisions because the referees, whether that's due to the law, whether that's due to... Yeah, the but they know that. Like, they can know that personally. And the chief referees know that and, and the, the higher-ups know that. So why do... Why do they need to come out and say it to a public? That's what I'm saying. So if if not to come out and say it, but the point is, I'm not fussed about whether they come out. My point is that why is it that constantly, frequently, referees make wrong decisions? How do we fundamentally change that so we can get to at least nine times out of ten the right decisions? Once is fine. It's a mistake. Oh, We're all human. If, but if surely, if you take, I mean, I know that I know you've just used an arbitrary turn of phrase there, but. I, like ref, referees do get the majority of decisions correctly, and and like <laughs> the amount in one game, and and like, and like uh, you know, I know with um, I mean I you know, I I find it I find it diff I find I'm, I side with Ash on this. I find it difficult to to believe that the that that we as fans or the the referees owe owe the world an explanation for their because what you know that they're they're you know they're not competing against any other another team, but they're giving a performance as much as the players are. I think it would be w weird to demand, right, you know, Timo Werner didn't score again for the for the 15 games. Right, come on. Interview time, mate. Come on, explain. Tell us tell us why. Like, I, And Dave, to your point, like, it, it would, I guess if they did these interviews, it would give us reason to, um, you know, it would, it would possibly help them not make the decision again, make the, you know, make the mistake again. But surely there are ways of, of achieving that that don't completely like oh that's what i said hang hang referees out to dry yeah you know, so surely surely there is a way rather than sticking them in front of the camera and saying right speak to millions of people right you pissed off a million people explain yourself like i don't there's got to yeah, be a, a way that's better than that to make the referees get better at their job the bigger, the bigger picture for me is or for most for everyone is consistency so that's what yeah. i said if if that somehow works getting a referee out so they talk and explain that's fine if not it's fine so my point is i'm not necessarily they have to do that my point is how can we get consistency and you're right the referees do make 
the right decisions most of the time, but it's it's the it's the fine margins, it's the big decisions that seem to go awry, the ones where it can cost a team a game. Those are the ones, Sometimes. and that's obviously where VAR comes into it. And the not ones, all the time. Those are the ones that we we need to be looking at. I think specifically. But pre 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 VAR again. It's funny because ironically VAR was this thing that was supposed to come in and sort this all out. Mm. Um, but pre VAR. I don't really think there was, you know, you say like, you know, it's there's these big decisions that go right. I don't think there was ever enough big decisions. You know, the things that we talked about on, on, you know, or, or that got talked about on match of the day or the big controversies other than, other than goal line technology things was like offside. Oh, he was half a foot offside and they, they scored the winning goal. Like in hindsight now, that's a lot less frustrating than someone getting called offside for, for an armpit or a toenail or whatever. I don't actually think, there was ever a big issue with referees making massive blunders. Mm. Like, think, yeah, I, I think no, I, I agree. I think the stakes seem higher in football compared to pre-VAR days. I don't know whether that's like what would I agree with Ash that because football's a business, people need to make money by winning games. They need to get into Europe, and we've we've talked so much about whether the importance of Europa League, Champions League, whatever is important. But the thing is, it brings money in. Mm. So it just, and maybe that's, maybe fans feel it as well. Maybe that's why we feel that, you know, you, I feel like you're either a purist in football, maybe like yourself, Harry, where it's it's just about the entertainment and we, we enjoy the debates. That's what football's all about. The, the human errors make football exciting. But I guess there are other people who are maybe the perfectionists who think that football should be almost be, played and controlled by robots to be refereed where every decision is right every call every play is making the right thing so it obviously just depends which side of the fence you sit on but I think and and I don't it's hard and maybe I'm just saying this arbitrarily but it just seem and maybe through the inclusion of VAR, VAR that the big decisions do seem to be made more frequently I think with v, with VAR involved because yeah. there's more decisions to make and mm. they they check a lot of things, you know. Where whereas before, like if you know, we, we look at we look at something that that's a that's a very very minuscule offside. Mm. Now pre VAR, if they were if they were a centimeter offside, only the most annoying fan would go, "That's an out, that's an outrage." People would go, "He's level." Oh, but now now with VAR, if mm. he's a centimeter um, offside or, off, or onside or whatever, or like with these handball things, if it skims the thumb of somebody. And the referee decides to not give it, then that's considered to be outrage. He's got this, so you're giving more opportunity for referees to make these big mistakes. I think. Do you think VAR also makes us as fans a bit more pedantic with the rules? So because we have that time to go back hmm. and look, it's yeah. like haven't they seen that? While if VAR wasn't there, we'll probably. And I think that, as we said, with as uh, I agree, yeah, with that, and I think that that you know culminated with this vitriol that Mike Dean saw because he's under more pressure to you know people. It wasn't necessarily the sending off that got people outraged. It's the fact that he reviewed it and still decided to, yeah, wrong, to yeah. send him off because everyone's yeah, going... I don't know how you got... can watch that multiple times, though. Like, and I mean, it, uh, under pressure... I mean, I, I, like, it's an elbow in the face, yeah. They're but... still under pressure. And, and I think the... the in the real time, of, it, looks, weakness, it looks nothing. And the, the, the weakness of VAR, as we mentioned... Someone mentioned it before. They, Ash, I think you said they were looking for a clenched fist. Yeah, I think sometimes cause the the, uh, the big one big weakness I've found with VAR is they 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 focus on one thing that they blind themselves sometimes to other things, like yes. for example they you know you could be looking for a there's a, a corner goal happens right, 
And I, I know that was it. It was a Chelsea game and there was a um, Chelsea scored from a corner. And then they VAR reviewed it and they, they disallowed it because as Piliqueta had pushed Maguire or something like that. Chelsea player had pushed a Man United player. But what was on the screen very clearly, but for some reason blinded to the VAR officials, was the fact that Azpilicueta himself was pushed by a Man United player. Well, that's so the was, thing, isn't it? Exactly it was completely ridiculous. And, and they, yeah. And Mitro, but, Mitrovic was basically pushing him, which caused yes. this, this to happen. Exactly. And, and, and Mike, Dean, is, to look Mike Dean is told, like, right, we're looking for a Dino. Oh. Right. We, we, we've seen a punch yeah. or we've seen an elbow. We want to know whether he's, he's gone it with any force. So if Mike yeah. Dean's under pressure and he's only got, I know he's got replays, but he's only got 10, 15 seconds on yeah. camp. He's thinking, I've got to make a decision about this. Okay. Yeah. They're telling me yeah, to. Yeah. They're under such pressure to get it done quickly that yeah. sometimes the accuracy is a bit off. Yeah. So would you? Well, guys... We never know. Then that, it, might, it might have been all down to what what's been said in Mike Dean's ear, rather than looking at. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, he's if they're saying look for a punch, he's got to look. Oh well, yeah, there is contact. Red card. What What did you say, Dave? I was. I, we probably answered it before, but would you guys scrap VAR then completely and yeah. then just go back? To the I I would. I'd I'd scrap it completely or get rid of it for at least a year and come back with more. Well, if, you're, if you're getting like, rid of re- it, then re-brand. you're giving less time to test it. So I mean, I think something as massive as this, you need it. There. I, mean, I think you need it there. You need it to work. All, all the funding that's gone into it. Yeah, but now that think... we've had it there, we can never not have it there. I just think right yeah. now they just need to sort out the rules, and I think the longer it goes, we've on... had these millimeter offsides and these little handballs. They will always be there. People will always be like, well. He's a little bit offside. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I agree with you that. The amount it's of killing the game, the, amount like, of pro- the enjoyment is slowly coming out of the game. I agree that it's difficult now to reverse because there's been so much money poured into this and so much planning and stuff. But I don't agree with the idea that this is here and, and has to stay here. Like no. I, 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 we needed it for goal line technology. That's that that made made sense. Yeah. But everything else other than offsides is potentially a subject. The rules are not strict enough they're stringent enough for 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 these decisions to be black and white they're not you should leave it leave it away from offside take it away from offsides completely as were you saying that keep it for the offsides but then let the referee be the referee for all the other decisions so whether it's right or wrong that people will i don't know maybe have more leniency or have controversy because that's what football loves so keep it for specific things and leave the referees to do everything else Ultimately, you know, if 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 I was to be in charge of all of this, I mean, first of all, I, I think you have to remember what the major call for VAR was, and it was goal line technology. That was the major driver behind it, because everything else is kind of yeah. difficult to call. Um, I, I would keep it for that, and that obviously came in before VAR properly came in. Um, the only other one that I think is justifiable for it is offsides, and I know we find offside calls that are a millimeter out really frustrating, but it's the only other rule that is black and white. It's, you know, when a certain part of your body is over, then it's everything else, fouls, handballs, dives, all of that stuff is subjective and you cannot use replays to give an absolute definitive answer. So, So getting one referee to decide it in the game or getting a team of people looking on cameras makes no difference because yeah. it still comes down to one man's subjective decision. But goal line technology and offsides are the only two where I think the rules can work. And just my last point on this is every other sport that has this technology, tennis, cricket, even rugby to an extent, um, 
they it, it, the decisions again that are made are these black and white decisions. Did it hit? Did it hit the line or not? Did it hit the wicket or not? It's not did about the ball go forward. Did the ball go exactly? Did the ball go forward? Is his is his foot over the line or not? It's nothing to do with well, was that intentional? Uh, well, okay, was you know? I, know, just, I was watching the rugby. All subjective things. I was watching the rugby at the weekend, and they did a TMR. Is it TMR? Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah, TMO or uh, something. Their, their, their version of VAR. They checked for a um, England got a penalty mm-hmm. because a Scotland player had stuck out his leg and tripped a player. So they yeah. checked if he intentionally stuck his leg out. So I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's more. It is more. It is more black and white than a lot of the things that do happen in football. Do you guys? One know? of my first um, ever opinions about anything to do with football was about this kind of thing. Actually, it's funny. I was at uh, Blackburn Rovers game. And um, I was watching it, and I, I felt like the referee got something wrong. Right? I remember I was with I was with my dad, and I was like, "Well, there's a big TV there. Why can't you just look and check?" So I'm very much in favor of it. It just makes sense. It's like he's made a mistake. Let's go look at it. If it works, if, if it, it works, works, yeah. If it works, it makes absolute sense. And I think if you persist with it enough, it will get to a stage where it works. I think these mistakes well, do well, you no, no. If it stays long enough, the people that are kicking up a fuss to stop watching the f- football and give up on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Football won't survive without those people. No, I'm not saying that it won't at all, or it will. I'm just saying that eventually, if it still sticks around and mistakes are still being, um, you know mistakes are still happening and there's no kind of like real justice where there's no clear cut evidence as to this is a foul or that's a foul and it's still quite subjective like then people will be just like I just give up watching it like I just like there's some some moments in the game where you go oh my god this is the best game in the world and 10 minutes later week, they'll tune back in and... no then 10, min- 10 minutes later in the match VAR will just completely kill mate, off the game mate, we're in and a you're pandemic. like great people need their football I know I'm not saying um, stop football because of VAR. <laughs> I'm just saying like there's, there's many moments where matches have been brilliant and VAR has absolutely killed the um, atmosphere. Well, not the atmosphere, but the flow of the game, the yeah. tempo, the attitude attitude of the game. And I just think Yeah, to be fair, I think Spurs were playing Leicester um last season. I think we uh, we scored a goal and then we should have gone two 0 up. Hmm. Uh, I think Son. It was one. Of the, it was one where all the science and technology and stuff was done, and it was all about the shutter speed of the camera and yeah. how fast Son was moving. And it, the VAR could have been anywhere between three and eight centimeters out, yeah, because of the speed of Son. And it's like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and right, obviously, we should have gone two and up, and we didn't. And we were very dominant up until that point. But as soon as that goal got disallowed, it like rallied the Leicester players, and we ended up losing no, two Yeah, th- this is something that that. Yeah, I remember when VAR came in, it immediately became a thing, as you, as you say. When not only does a does a goal that gets, you know, you, you score a goal and it gets disallowed, that's that's one thing. But when it gets disallowed for VAR, that as you say, completely swings in momentum, particularly when crowds were there. Really got the home crowd out if up if that if that happened to them. Um, but I, I'll give you an, I'll give you an, you said before if you know it's it's obviously a good thing if it works. But I'll I'll give you a prime example. I think of why. It, it just won't work for football. So um, Liverpool versus City, um, Mo Salah's penalty. Was it a dive or was it a foul? It's, it's, there's contact there and he's within his rights to go down. 
Yeah, yeah. But he's made an absolute meal of it at the same time. He's made a fucking mess of it. Okay. He's, he's got it goals. Goals. It almost, it almost, his legs have gone. He's like, yeah. yeah. It, it almost doesn't matter what you're down. It doesn't matter what your answers are, really. But the, the fact is, I mean, you guys have given me a quite a sort of nondescript answer there. You said, well, he, he's got reason to go down, but he's made a meal of it. Rose said, absolutely not. I I think it was a dive, but 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 VAR officials have said, no, that's a legitimate penalty. This is why it will never work, because you can have something like that. And, th- and that happens in every game, more or less, mm. where people are completely split. Completely yeah, split. No, you are never ever going to get a room full of people that go. Yeah, yes. we, we all agree on that. Like you cannot. Look, you can look at that replay from a million camera angles and a million times, and you will never get a hundred people in a room to say, "Yeah, we agree on that." And that's why it won't work because you. That's football doesn't account for that. It's not. Does it hit the wicket? It's not, not? made for that. It's, it's not. It's just different. The rules aren't specific enough. Is that, in that case, has is that? Does that mean that it's actually not the rules for the laws? It's actually the people's because there'll always be subjectivity. So regardless of how many different variations or alterations you make to the law or rules, mm. people are always going to interpret it in a certain way. And unless you make the rules very, very, very specific. But but I, I almost think that's kind of gets defeats the point the spirit of the game in a way. But it, but if you made if you made the the wording of the of the law for fouls, for example, very specific, then I think mm. people could all get behind what, yeah. what the definition of a foul is. But where where it's at now, where it's incredibly unspecific, um, it's open to interpretation, and that's why you get something like the Salah thing, where everybody's completely split, and it's mad that we're split. Why do we not know whether that's a foul or not? But people are damn sure on both sides. It's <laughs> mad, and yeah. it's mad, and that's why we're never going to have a, an answer yeah. to it. I mean, save it for the decision technology because they are the only but, decisions where everybody can with use of technology be on the same page but you don't believe that strikers should go down in the box though well in an ideal world if they feel contact I, I do i do think yeah that but that's that's your yeah it's your belief like right? it's the letter of the law so i should have well, it, it's not necessarily my belief he's, it's he's more... been pulled back by the arm he's he's made dramaticism out of it and he's but, like okay, an absolute okay. idiot but this but, but this this kind of proves my point in a way so yeah so so obviously there is a point where contact is is enough where it constitutes a foul so you have a right to go down in order to highlight the fact that you've been fouled. But where do you draw that line? Is a is a nudge enough? Is a slightly harder nudge enough? Is a is a kind of push enough? Is a slightly harder push? When where's the line? No one is able to define this line. It's the well get varying degrees of force there. Yeah, and it's, it's, um, can't. no when, one can when, ever prove when the force is over 65 newtons. <laughs> <laughs> If we go, hey, we're going to manage that. Hey, we're going like, to manage that. So you get, you have but a separate. If the player is travelling above fifteen miles an hour. Yeah. So if we wrote all this down, if he's eating breakfast that morning, that yeah. then we could have a definitive. But you, exactly, <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, you can never be absolutely sure about any 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 of this, and and you can't get everybody to agree. So video technology for those sorts of things is is kind of pointless for a for would a you, spectator sport. Would you rather then? whether it's well i guess your point is there's no right or wrong so therefore the referee can't necessarily be wrong with his decision well i don't i don't necessarily think there's no right or wrong that there is a there is a right or wrong but the, the the rules are not specific enough to to clearly define it so when well, you'd have this hundreds of millions of pounds spent on the technology to draw lines on a pitch 
Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, I would anyone can draw lines on a pitch. I think have have you can have the technology for, for example, for um, you know, in, in instances where someone punches somebody, or or you know, in, instances where it's called upon. You don't necessarily, you don't, you shouldn't use it for, um, you know, situations like they currently use it for. But clear uh, and non-subjective errors. Uh, yeah, that could be the line. That's quite good. Clear and non-subjective errors. I quite like that actually. Clear and non-subjective errors. Yeah. Podcast style. Yeah. yeah. But then, how do you define those clear and non? Well, the thing is, they're objective. In itself, subjective. Well, that, that was. Try, always... Trying to bury this in the ground, Egg was like, "No, it's coming back up." <laughs> that was always yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we've just finished up. We've you know that tin of worms open now. Yeah, they've all gone. Oh, here's another. Because the like you said, the Ruben Diaz on Mo Salah is—is is there any way of getting to a definitive right answer <laughs> with that? Well, yeah, my answer's right, <laughs> which I would agree with because I think Diaz messes up and then he's now scrambling, tries to hold. There is there is physical contact, and you can maybe question the dramatics of how he went down, but I don't think you can sort of argue against Salah going down. I think the the uh, the answer. Uh, and uh, you, I noticed you called me a, a um, purist before, and I guess the, the purest answer to that um, would potentially be because, because you know, p- right and wrong isn't particularly obvious in this situation. That's why we have a referee, because ultimately the, the fairest way is to have one person who is completely neutral and they're there as an expert and they make the decision. They're not necessarily going to get the decision that is absolutely specific to what you think is, is the interpretation of that law. But, you know, that, that's the system we had before. Like, like, if you'd seen that thing with Mo Salah and, and that Ruben Diaz challenge on Match of the Day 10 years ago, they would not be outraged about how hey, that's outrageous. We need te- some technology to sort this out. Like, no one would be particularly up in arms. Um, you know yeah we need to stop chasing this well i don't know you need to stop chasing this sort of perfectionist dream of getting everything right but then again as you said well said people you know feel differently about it it's now time for Egby's short corners (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna ask you each just one question um, based on your respective clubs, and I just want you to obviously give me an answer, and then if needs be, we could always discuss it as a group, or if we're all satisfied with the person's answer, if we can move on. So first, I want to start with Ash. So Ash, your Captain Marvel returned, obviously <laughs> brought back your home, or brought back a win anyway, 2-0. So I want to know, with the return of, of Harry Kane, do you sort of now have confidence that you guys can make the top four again and qualify for the Champions League? Never. Never lost the confidence, mate. It's always been there. But it, it really did go away when, when of course, Harry got injured. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, God, we've missed him, haven't we? You see him in that West Brom game, what a difference one player can make. You imagine when when we got like, Regions back firing fit, you know, uh, We'll sell saws back, give a little bit of something different in midfield that we can switch up when, if and when we need to. Uh, I think that's, that's that's looking quite healthy going forward. Do you think did did Tottenham have the same over like over, like over reliance on Kane under Pochettino? Do you think? 
that they that they seem to in this current run now. No, but, but I, I do believe Harry Kane's a more complete footballer now. I think he's a lot better than he ever was. Just because Pochettino, he's, you know, just as a football player. So I think he's 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 he was fantastic under Pochettino, and you take that and you take it to a next level. How can you not be reliant on that? You know what I mean? Mm. Especially in a system that allows it. It's interesting because I know. Um, Harry, you mentioned it that when it was the um, Tottenham Chelsea game, that you were saying that Tottenham were lacking a creative midfielder. But I think the irony is that creative midfielder is Harry Kane. That's the way he's playing. But, but the thing is, the also instead of him being the creative midfielder and like the goal scorer, he's also <laughs> the goal line clearancer and the, defend, <laughs> the big defender on the penalty spot at corners that gets Everything. in the way. He's the he's the first pass out. And then you know he's that switch. Of, he's actually like a, a turn of pace, and like somehow, you know, what I mean, like he's a, he's a, the the goal against West Brom at the weekend. That first pass came from Harry Kane. Just a quick, quick thinking, just a chest in. So Lucas Moura to get him to run with it. Yeah. Uh, no, to get uh, yeah, Lucas Moura to run with it. Just just chested it to him, like just before the before the halfway line. Just that yeah, quick thinking. He's got yeah. a lot of. You can just see. He's just sort he's of got his football intelligence. Yeah. And it's it's weird because he, he he can play a ball very well, but it's like it looks like he hits it so hard it just kind of thuds. It's not like you see like creative midfielder like you see Ericsson and he'll oh, put a ball yes. in and it's just it's graceful and it kind yeah. of glides through the air. So when Harry Kane knocks a ball, it's kind of, yeah, <laughs> it goes. It, 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 it doesn't even necessarily need to move faster than like an Ericsson ball. No, it just looks like it. <laughs> Full effort. Yeah, um, Harry Kane's back. I'm feeling very positive. I mean, yeah, definitely you guys now with Harry Kane are obviously a, a different beast and I'm sure you'll probably mount a really good Champions League challenge. Nah. nah. Nice. Jose, Thank curse you. of Jose. <laughs> right. I think we will be... Okay. Yeah. Sure you will. Quick, quick one about Jose Mourinho, which is an interesting fact. Do you know he speaks... He's so perfect for like journalists and stuff because he speaks at the exact <laughs> tempo that you can write at. All right. What in in presses? Yeah. So right. He speaks yeah. at writing pace. He 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 speaks like I think that. Um, uh, is that is that an intentional thing or is it just yeah? Just, yeah. Completely well, intentional. Everything how, he does is intentional. Is that, how is that confirmed? So did someone say how did that come about? As in like. How is that? How was that confirmed? Did someone say, "Do you speak at this pace?" Or did he just say? I guess maybe when he was back in his translator days for for at Barca under Bobby Robson, maybe he learned it then. He just thought this is the way to do it because yes. I'm, com- I'm communicating all the time. So he probably just kept kept it going. I'm guessing into his managerial career. That would be my hypothesis. I couldn't give you a date, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll text him tonight. But yeah, no, I just thought that was quite cool. So the next person I want to ask a question to is Harry. Oh, my God. Um, and obviously, you've just recently got a new manager. This is what he's played, managed his third game, is it? Third or fourth game? Yeah, I try not to be specific about times because by the time I edit it, it could be five or six. Okay. So you've obviously got Thomas Tuchel in now. He's your new manager. And he's I married. I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts on this new philosophy and playing style that he's trying to instill? And implement with Chelsea. Um, I first thing I say is I must say I was very 
you may remember, un, unexcited by Tuchel. Um, and I, I think I, everybody else was. I, I, I kind of, I'm not saying like he, he, oh my gosh, we found ourselves a Guardiola or, or a Klopp or anything like that. But I have been really impressed with the, with not. I just think it was the, the the transition with. Of course, you always get a reaction after after when a new manager comes in because the players who haven't been playing, some everybody suddenly is playing for position again. So you always get a reaction. Um, but the 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 the, um, the sort of what do you call it? The attributes of a team that that Lampard always wanted to be fast paced to be um you know uh, high pressing to be brave on the ball you know assertive on the ball with your passing and stuff like that he always talked about these things but i never saw it actually happen really other than for a few select games but in in every game that i've seen of 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 Tuchel so far in all three games instantly i just noticed that you know and 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 then subsequently he sort of confirmed that's what he wanted from his players so you know i I'm prepared to say I, I may be I may have been wrong about about him, but it, I mean it's far too early to to say it. But I think the signs are good. Um, I'm slightly concerned about the system because I think that certain players are gonna are gonna miss out. Like I mean, Ziyech has not has not played a game or uh, has hardly played under him. Mason yet. Mount's been like a player reborn under. I, yeah, I mean he was good at level. I must say, yeah, he he's I've last few games he's been bizarrely good. Um, yeah. What do you think of Hudson Adoy as a wing back? I think I, I'm not a big fan of Hudson Adoy. I, I I think he's one dimensional. I think he's one dimensional. I think he's he's got very. He's not a great um, crosser or finisher, um, and he hasn't really got you know the ability to dribble. He's fast, but I you know he doesn't really beat beat people. Um, do I, what I think is a wing back. Um, not bad. I, I don't think he would work in a game that you have, you know, you're playing a good team in. Like, you know, when we had Victor Moses playing that role, he had at least a kind of maybe it was his build, but he had the ability to kind of shield well and, and, and you know, a lot of energy. I don't know whether Hudson Adoy can quite do that. I think he works in against Burnley and Sheffield United in that role. But, and, and it may suit him because I think, it, in, you know, you always sort of put, you know, like your Antonio Valencia's go well. They're kind of not quite good enough to be an elite winger, but move them back a bit. Like Victor Moses, Antonio Valencia, that sort of player. I think he could. I had Bayern were in for him for like eight, 60 or 80 million, weren't they? Like two summers ago. Yeah, it was, it was 40. When that, are you thinking this now that he's one dimensional? Were you thinking this even like during that time where Bayern obviously wanted to spend ridiculous? Well, when, when Bayern would bid 40 million for him, he, he was still. Basically, he hadn't. He only played about two or three games for us, so we didn't didn't really get an impression. So it was one of those kind of things, you know, when you're a kid and you're not playing with a toy, and then some other kid wants your toy. Of course, you don't want to lose it, even though you're not playing with it. Um, so at the time, I didn't want to sell him because because of how you know you just sort of don't know how far their potential could grow. Um, but no, within. For two or three months, I, I, I'd made up my mind about Hudson Odoi, and I'm not like closed off on the idea that he could get better. But you know, he's okay. He's mm. he's he's just not he's not top level, and I don't think he will be top level. Do you think this system will help Werner with his scoring drought? Um, bloody hope so. Um, <laughs> I yes. I mean, I, I again, I think I think Tuchel has a, a, a seems to have a clear idea of exactly ha exactly where he wants 
particularly the, the the front five or however however many you're going to play their front four or five, he has a very clear idea of where where he where he wants them to go, not just off when they don't have the ball, but when they so not just when they have the ball, when they don't have the ball. Um, I, I think he would have succeeded in Lampard's system eventually. Um, but but yeah, I think I think there's probably a better chance now and under this, it's only a matter of time. He's too good to to not to keep not scoring. And f- finally, do you think you'll make the top four? Too early to say. I mean, there's enough teams struggling to make it seem possible now. Um, we will, you know, we'll have an up, we've got an uptick in form and that will continue for a few weeks, but that will go back down again. Um, I think on paper, we, we, we're certainly good enough to do it. Um, do I think we'll do it? Oh, yes. Oh. I, I predicted us four. I, I predicted us four at the start of the year, so I'm going to say that I think we'll sneak fourth, but but would not be entirely surprised to see us finish seventh. So, and finally, Mr. Rowe, short corner. <laughs> After the emphatic four-one win. Yes, Anfield. For the first time, was it since what two thousand two thousand and three? I was amazed to hear that. Yeah. I know, literally shocked. Yeah. What were you saying that Phil Foden was like three when that happened, or something ridiculous? But yeah, so yeah, on the back of that emphatic win, with you guys obviously being like in the best form in the top five leagues, is the title now yours to lose? Um. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Correct. It's, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, nothing set in stone as of yet anyway. I mean, we've adapted well without De Bruyne and uh, Aguero, which has probably been a very good, very good sign. But it's also been a bit of a testament to Pep's kind of style of play. Like, you look over the past few seasons at players that got 10 or more goals, there's like six or seven players it just shows you how much of a, more of a team sport it is than rather than, you know, relying on individuals. Obviously you'll have the other people that like, you know, you're Aguero's and your Sterling's will hit like 16 to 30 odd goals maybe in a season, like across all competitions. But it just shows you that the mentality is, you know, it's almost like fluid. Like one player goes out, another player can easily go back in or there's another system that can be played where that's, that's covered. So, yeah, the adaptability of the team's been really reassuring to to see, especially at the start of the season when it seemed like there was something kind of missing. It seemed like the sharpness wasn't there or maybe the, um, the players were tired from not, not getting much of a, a pre-season or focusing on a, on a pre-season. So I think maybe when people said, oh, this team doesn't look like City at their best, that might have been because... Maybe City treated that a little bit like their preseason, where they experimented a little bit with ideas. So, but yeah, it, it it is technically ours to lose, but there are many more elements that can happen, you know, in a league that can, you know, force results. Like, God forbid, any any other injuries or COVID cases. Never know. Or yeah, or any am, other I, cases. am I right in saying I, I saw? I feel like I saw this the other day that this is Pep Guardiola's longest ever winning run that he's on at the moment. Yeah, thirty. No, not 30. which I thought. Given given the teams he's that's, managed, that's quite surprising. Yeah, and, and particularly given the season, like he's had two unbelievable seasons with City, 
you know, f- four unbelievable years with Barca, uh, three pretty good years at Bayern in a division where they dominated. I'm surprised that that's the case, but um, yeah, but not like I said. I, I definitely think it's it's it is ours to lose, but it's it's so dependent on what else happens within this season, this league against other teams. Do you think you'll win the Champions League? I mean, if there's a season to who win are, the Champions who League... Who answers yes to that question? <laughs> Even if you're buying, like, yeah. Is confident. Yeah, we're going to win it. <laughs> if there is a season where we could win the Champions League... It was, the the season, only... it was the season Real Madrid the, the, won it and beat Liverpool. In no, the... no, I mean, no, no I mean, no, like, right. season... no, wait, what was the season? Oh, God, Harry, let me speak. It's my quick corner. <laughs> Get out the corner, Harry. <laughs> you always need two players when you do a quick corner, you know, to have a little... Yes, yes, but <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it with Egby. Get out. Get out! Yes, I'm, short point, actually. I'm the opposition player trying to kick, trying to kick the ball between. Get out! Go, get go, out! Go, 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 go. Get, get your ten yards back! Go on, go on, shoo! Away with you! Away with you! No, I think obviously we've had chances in the past. Um, we always seem to underperform against teams where we should not necessarily overturn them, but teams in which I don't know. I think we've prepared better. For the bigger games against the the bigger teams than we do against the small team. I think the small teams have a, a bit more of a, an edge over us. Maybe that's because I don't know the playing style might be a bit more unique, or I ain't got a clue. But I just think if there's ever any season for City to win Champions League with the competition that's out there this season, I think the only real worry is Bayern, and then potentially Atletico. Who who knocked you out last year? Leon, yeah, I'm not sure you for that. <laughs> but this, this, well, I was going to say, like, you, you may, I've rudely interrupted you, but you may be right that this is the, well, uh, it's interesting to note because obviously City have been a big club for a long time, but only really since, um, I say, 2017 18 have you been sort of comfortably you know, one of the two or three teams who could who could really win it. I mean, I, in terms of like properly favourites. And and while you've been so dominant um, and this incredible team that you are or have been under Guardiola, it's funny that the teams that have beaten you, are, you know, well, for two years running, it was English teams. It was Liverpool and Tottenham. And it was almost like, what a shame that you sort of couldn't take that, you know, couldn't take those teams and go to the Bernabeu and go to the new Camp or wherever. This feels um, like a... Uh, backhanded compliment, Harry. Like, no, like, oh, classic. No, no not at all. Not at all. Couldn't win. No, not at all. I just mean, I mean that um, you know, it's almost interesting that um, you know, or, or unlucky that, that those draws happened, and and maybe teams that kind of knew a bit more about you, a bit more sort of less fearless of you, you know, coming up against you in the Champions League, like Tottenham and Liverpool and both. Because Liverpool particularly were, when we have, have been City's bogey team for a while. Mm. Um, but now, particularly with how weak, you know, the Spanish team, well, not Atletico Madrid, but, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona are weak now. Um, Liverpool are not, are looking pretty weak. This may be one of the best chances. I think this looks like your most capable <laughs> side as well. The um the centre backs with Diaz and Stone performing really well. Jal Cancelo doing well. Gundogan. They're keeping Laporte out of the team, and that's yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like Gundogan playing like a battle of hell, Phil Foden doing really well. Like Phil Foden doing extraordinarily well. I mean I only had I only had one more question for Rowan. That was whether he thinks Phil Foden's the best player under the age of twenty three in the Premier League. In fact, let me set it up better. So Okay. So on the back end of obviously a phenomenal game against Liverpool, Phil Foden is the the star boy, the golden boy at the moment. But would you go as far as saying that he's the best player under the age of twenty three in the Premier League? Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely up there. Um, I'd like to say yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say, yeah. But the the one thing, uh, the one thing that might hinder that will be obviously he's playing a lot more now, and he's been, you know, very compared to the start of the season, he he got more glimpses here and there, and he's he's playing week in week out now. I think that's probably the only thing that might go against him in comparison to other uh, youngsters uh, in the Premier League. I, I have a quick question for Raw. Oh, it's not. Why, why are you so, like, unable to give any Man City player any kind of credit for anything ever? <laughs> oh, no. He, he, <laughs> he deserves all the credit in the world, but at the same time, like, it's... You're lot... probably one of the best young players on the planet. Oh, right? yeah, of and course. Even in the league, on the planet. Yeah, yeah but... Yeah, I want to say, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's still kind of this, like, honeymoon phase, isn't it? I'm just seeing it in rather than living in the moment, I'm I'm living in a more critical, forward thinking, realist. realist. Like it's it's been a long time coming, and a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, Pep should have played him years ago when he first came and stuff like that." But obviously, you can tell that slowly introducing him to the team and having him involved around the squad, like players like David Silva, who's obviously not not there anymore, like characters like Vincent Company, who's not there anymore. Just them having him there and learning off them players whilst also integrating with the system of Pep and kind of moulding him to the style that he wants City to be playing. It's, you know, this it's not been something that's happened overnight. It's been something that's happened since since Pep saw him and, and witnessed that he's, you know, he's got extreme potential to be one of, one of the best players. And like, I'm, I'm really happy. I think the last, the last player that, that, that comes to my mind was, were the kind of tried to phase him in, but I think he got lost straight away. Michael with Sterling. <laughs> no, it's Sterling because, like, with Brendan Rodgers, he made he made a very good point. I remember him saying that he doesn't want to burn him out too soon. And then I think maybe injuries, or I can't remember exactly why, but I think he just he eventually got a lot more involved in in the squad, and you saw them glimpses of greatness, but maybe not the maturity, or maybe not that educated mm. side of him. Whereas I think with Foden, you see both the educated side and the consistency of uh, excellent performances. Whereas when you look at Sterling now at City, as soon as he came to City once Pep was there, he's, he's the whole mentality kind of changed. And, and he, like people say, oh, he's, he's made Sterling a fantastic player, but he, like he's, he made Sané a great player. He made, you know... Making... That was Arteta. Oh, well... It's... <laughs> he wasted he wasted all of that ability on the City players, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But no, like I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. He's definitely up there. Like I said, I'm just thinking about his actual presence within the league so far this season. Yeah, he's got great stats mm. um, at the moment as well. But of course, Loftus Cheek's 24. So <laughs> <laughs> what, recently, right, turned 24? <laughs> recently turned 24. Recently turned 24. No, I think, I think he's. I think he's going to be like 25 as well. So. Uh, but no, like yeah, like he's he's definitely up there, but. I don't know. I like, yeah, he's he's up there. I think for me to say he's he's the best right now. I mean, right right now after that performance, yeah. But like best in the league as a as a general for this season under twenty three. He's he's up there. He's he's up as a contender. But there's there's other people. Yeah. I've got a, a a yes or a quick fire yes or no question for you um, based on you, what you've described. You know, presented yourself as quite a humble city fan. It has to be said. Um, that wasn't sarcastic at all. I genuinely mean it. Um, <laughs> what, uh, is Phil Foden better than Jaden Sancho? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I, but I think but it's close. You know, Sancho's obviously yeah. There's there's a very fine line. Obviously, Sancho's a little older. I think he's got more. He's played a lot more football. He's played a lot more football. That's the only argument mm. I have for. Foden not being because the person I obviously had in mind was Saka and obviously I believe Foden is the better player but I think Saka single-handedly has carried Arsenal as a football team he's single-handedly won those games while I feel that Phil Foden at, at this point he's probably now a bit more important but I always think like is Phil Foden like the second or third name on the team mm, is yeah. he in Pep's mind because obviously De Bruyne is hands down, and obviously you can name a few others, but I'm thinking, where is he in Pep's thinking? Probably yeah. higher now, but I think Saka probably for Arsenal is one or two, and that's probably just because of Bamiang, our main guy, isn't mm. scoring, and he's stepped up. Yeah. But yeah. probably now slowly becoming more of an important <clears> player. <throat> yeah, I suppose that can reflect the, the position of the clubs. Like, if Arsenal were playing better, they, and yeah, had better players, they might not be so reliant on yeah, I just want to talk about Harry Winks real quick because you're talking about all these talented English youngsters. He, he's not young anymore. He's lost his cheeks. Age. He's, he's, he's like, it's like Jesse Lingard. He's just a, he's just a, he's just a man baby. <laughs> Ling's getting two goals. Oh, he's, he's just a blooming man baby. Everyone thinks. <laughs> he's, I mean, no, he's still 23. He's still 20. No, he's how not. Old, he's... How old is Winks? 24. 20, 24. Yeah. <laughs> Would still qualify for. Young player of the year, is that? Oh, no, it's 23, isn't it? Ooh. No, I think they would have been, had to be 23 at the start of the season. Yeah, start of the season. That's why Bernardo Silva was in, con- like, a couple of seasons ago, he was in contest for it. It's like, what? what? <laughs> mm. But yeah, when De Bruyne gets back, I really hope that he plays him up Foden alongside him. Yeah, yeah, like, me too. Didley Silva, that is frightening. Yeah, and then Gundogan and Rodri mopping it up in the midfield, doing the janitor's dirty work. Your team, your team, your squad depth is. Gundogan, Gundogan's been good this year. I know. I'm not just saying this because he's scored yeah, twice in the last game. He's so. just, he's just been an unsung hero for quite some time. Do you think I, 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 I didn't realise it until even like until recently, but the more I look back, at it, it's like he's just so consistent. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Twitter, both handles at Edge of the Box Pod. And as always, we'll see you again next week. Bye bye.